بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه كولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته All praise and thanks and you salute Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Choices, peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and example Nabi Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم We welcome you to this uh, live presentation this evening inshallah ta'ala by the Isnad Academy where we will be launching something amazing bismillah so uh, tonight inshallah let's kick off with uh, introduction to what we are here for we are here to discuss the concept of tazkiyah to nafs or purification of the soul can be translated in other ways but more about that later uh, for example purification of the self purification of the ego also uh, self development because tazkiyah has other meanings Furthermore, we will have a very special lineup this evening, inshallah ta'ala. We will begin with the uh, recitation of the Qur'an by one of my teachers and a renowned Qari of the Qur'an, a teacher of the Qur'an, mashallah. And uh, that's a surprise that we have in store for you this evening. And we're also going to be launching something amazing at the end of the session uh, tonight, inshallah. So do stay tuned until the end when we will be uh, discussing that particular launch. Insha'Allah ta'ala. So first things first, we begin with the speech of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. And here I would encourage everyone, you have uh, one of two options. You could either follow along in the Mus'haf or in other words, your copy of the Qur'an. Alternatively, you could just remain silent and take in the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَأَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ So that you may attain from the mercy of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. So I'm not going to delay any further. I have my, uh, our guest here, inshallah ta'ala, on, uh, on call. We have none other than uh, Malina Salim. Gaby, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Maulana, kaif al-hal? Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahlan wa sahlan Maulana, it's a pleasure and privilege to have you with us here this evening um, I've asked Maulana uh, to please recite for us a very important part of the Qur'an That uh, we will be actually looking at very closely this evening inshallah And Maulana was so kind to agree, even though I asked him uh, at the very last minute alhamdulillah so, uh, Malina, over to you. Faliyatafadl mashkura. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Washamsi waduhiha. وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلِّهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَوْشِهَا وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنِيهَا وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا طَحَاهَا وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوِّيهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا قد أفلح من ذكيها قد أفلح من قد أفلح من ذكيها و 
وقد خاب من دسها وقد خيب من دسها كذب السمود بطويها إذ بعث أشقيها فقال لهم رسول الله ناقة الله وسقيها ذبوه فعقروها فدمدم عليهم ربهم بذنبهم فسويها ولا يخاف قبيلا كذبت سمود بها إذ بعث أشقاها فقال لهم رسول الله ناقة الله وسقياها فكذبوه فعقروها فكذبوه فعقروها فكذبوه فعقروها فدمدم عليهم ربهم بذنبهم فسواها فلا يخاف عقباها صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله ما شاء الله تبارك الله أحسن الله ما شاء الله جزاك الله خيرا مولانا good but مولانا perhaps uh, tell us a bit about what قراءه uh, مولانا was just reciting in بسم الله I was I was reciting predominantly from Hamza and then I swapped uh, and included as well. Much appreciated. You've honored us this evening Amen. and uh, we, we hope and pray that Allah Ta'ala keep you safe and your family and uh, you know, what, whatever difficulties you may be experiencing, may Allah Ta'ala remove that from you. Amen, Ya Rabbi. Amen. The same for you and for all the listeners and all those involved in this program as well. Barakallah fikum. Take care, Malana. Okay. Yes, Alhamdulillah, we have been blessed this evening with the recitation of one of my teachers, Qari Maulana Salim Gaibi, who recited Surah Shams, and specifically the first uh, 10 verses were focused on of Surah Shams. Now, why why were these verses focused upon? Um, you know, why did I ask Maulana to specifically recite these verses? These verses play a pertinent role in setting the stage, in setting the platform uh, for this evening's um, presentation, inshallah. This, this entire presentation about purification of the soul and what we're about to launch all has to do with these verses. So, I will commence now with uh, going through 
the tafsir of these verses, or rather more accurately, a tarjama translation of these verses, because this is the only place in the entire Quran where Allah Ta'ala takes nine consecutive oaths, and according to how you count, because you'll see later in the Arabic, uh, there is um, possibly 11 consecutive oaths on this, subhanAllah. It is incredible that Allah Azza wa Jal, who doesn't need to take an oath by anything ever, he takes oath after oath in this piece to make one statement, one very important an incredible statement, and this is what we are taking away from uh, on this on this night. Uh, for those of you who perhaps uh, were waiting for this broadcast on our YouTube channel, the Isnad Academy YouTube channel is currently going through some hiccups, so um, I do apologize for that. However, we are broadcasting on the Abu Tazkia uh, YouTube channel as well as Facebook, um, as uh, on the Isnad Academy as well as Abu Tazkia platforms, inshallah. So uh, we will commence now with the explanation of this point. What is this one point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, wants us to know? What is it that Allah is taking nine consecutive oaths for? Um, remember, when we speak, we uh, take an oath when we really want to say something important to emphasize. right? So we say, for example, uh, Wallahi, uh, I didn't do it, right? As an example, or Wallahi, I'll be there. Uh, when, when you know the, the when the waqt comes or something to that effect, um, why would Allah Azza wa Jal take an oath? So in the Quran, we find that Allah takes an oath by various things. We only take an oath by Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. Allah Azza wa Jal takes an oath by various things. For example, wal Asr by time. Allah takes an oath by time. Wal uh, right? Wal These are all uh, oaths. You know, forms of oaths in the Quran. So. In this, there are various parts. There's the actual instrument that Allah uses to take the oath. Sometimes it's a wow, sometimes it's a ta, sometimes it's a ba, sometimes it's an entire word like la uqsimu. Right? These are all forms of how you can take an oath. We generally would only say wallahi because as Allah's creation, we can only take oaths by Allah and we cannot take oaths by His creation. But then... What is the point of making an oath? The point of making an oath is to emphasize something. But before you emphasize something, you are also taking an oath by something. We only take an oath by Allah. Allah takes oaths by various things. This in and of itself brings importance to those matters. So for example, when Allah says, وَاللَّيْلِ by the night, then that automatically draws our attention to the night. Okay, so that's two parts so far. It's the instrument, it's the thing by which Allah is taking the oath, and then there's the statement, okay, which comes usually right at the end. In this instance, in Surah Al-Shams, Allah takes nine, or as I said before, possibly 11 consecutive oaths. Nowhere else in the Quran do you find this to make one point. So let's go through it uh, step by step, inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والشمس وضحاها by the sun and its brightness another way you can translate this is by the sun and its dawn the dawning of the sun والقمر إذا تلاها by the moon when it follows it because the setting of the moon follows the setting of the sun والنهار إذا جلاها by the day when it brightens, when it displays. So now just going back, here in the very first verse we see, Allah says, وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا Now here is where we're going to have a difference in count. So if you count the first wow, that is definitely one of the oaths. That's called wawul qasam, right? That's an oath. But now is the second wow also a separate qasam or is it what we call wawul atf? So for those of you who know a bit of Arabic, there's something for you. Is it the wawul atf or is it the wawul qasam? So there's differences of opinion about this. So you can either count this first verse as having two oaths or you can count them as having one oath and something joined to it, right? So this is why I said either nine or eleven. We move on, inshallah. وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا وَالْلَيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَاهَا By the night when it covers it, or when it darkens, right? وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا By the sky and the one who constructed it. Again, they the wow, wawul, qasam, the first one. And then the second one is either wawul atf, 
uh, joining WOW or it is another instrument of oath. The point here is just to show you that one after the other, Allah Ta'ala takes an oath by these various phenomenon. By the sky and the one who constructed it or built it. And then Allah says, And by the earth and the one who spread it. And of course that is Allah. And by the soul and the one who proportioned it. Right? Now in Arabic there are various words for nafs. You can say nafs in some instances. And those have certain nuances of meaning. Then you have ruh in other instances. And those have nuances of meaning. But the, they don't, they're not identical. Even though when we translate them into English, you end up with the same word. Like, for example, you have heart, right? You have qalb, which is heart. And then we translate the word fuad also as heart. But they have different connotations and nuances of meaning in the Arabic language. So this, this nafs, this soul, and the one who proportioned it, who fashioned it, who made it as it is. How did he make it? And then he inspired it. He instilled within it. You will see the translation here says it's wickedness and it's righteousness. I prefer to translate it as he inspired it with its potential for wickedness and its potential for righteousness. So built within every soul, there are two potentials. There's the potential to be uh, better than the malaika. And then there's the potential to be worse than shayateen, for example. Right? Those potentials have been given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah did not force us to go either way. He just gave us the potential. So what is this statement, this profound statement that would justify nine or 11 consecutive oaths by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. What could that possibly be? Subhanallah. This is the statement. Allah says, Qada aflaha man So this part here, grammatically we call this the jawabul qasam. This is the response of the oath. Like when we say, Wallahi, I'm going to be there on time, then the Wallahi is the oath, the, the person or the being by which we take the oath, Allah. And then there's the jawabul qasam, there's the, the thing that we're actually trying to say and emphasize, and that is that we'll be there on time. So what is it that Allah Ta'ala wanted to say after taking nine or 11 consecutive oaths? Allah Azza wa Jal wants to tell us, Qada aflaha man zakkaha, that certainly the one who zakkaha, makes tazkiyah of it, yani the soul, the one who makes tazkiyah purifies the soul. There are other translations as well. The one who nurtures the soul. Because the word zakah, right? The word zakah means not only to clean, but it also means to grow, right? Zakah also means to grow. So a way to translate this that would be absolutely perfectly in line is Successful is the one who grows it. Successful is the one who nurtures it. Successful is the one who develops it. And what are we speaking about that it? The soul, the self. Successful is the one who develops the self. Wait, that term sounds familiar. Today, this is called self-development. But in Islam, this self-development is far more uh, you know, far more filled and rich than just um, habits that you do on a daily basis or uh, just your productivity. No, Islamic self-development or what we call tazkiyah to nafs consists of reforming the self by growing the potential for good and keeping all the negative qualities, the harmful qualities that are existent within us that have been placed there by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but to keep that at bay and to learn to gain control over that for example like you have a tendency to become angry the tendency was placed there by Allah but the outbursts of anger has not been placed there by Allah so the you know that concept of learning to control your anger or anger management that's part of tazkiyah to nafs. And the idea that you generally have a quality to be generous, but you could subdue your generosity and become stingy. So you have the potential, but you choose to go another way. But when you nurture that quality to become generous and your, your generosity exudes from you, this is part of tazkiyah to nafs, of purification 
of the soul. So it is nurturing or developing the good qualities and it is keeping or learning to control the negative qualities. Successful is that one. Now, what type of success is this? This is not just talking about dunya success. This is not just talking about like, oh, uh, you have a fancy house and a fancy car and you have a good job. And no, no, no. This aflaha from the word falah is a very special type of success. It's a very, very special type of success. This is the word which farmers used to use. Falah is the word that farmers used to use to indicate that the crop, or rather the harvest, is ready now. The crop is no longer under threat. Because for the entire time that that crop was busy growing, and he was planting it, and he was nurturing it, and he was looking after it, there was always the risk that the fields could burn, or that cold weather could come and ruin the crops. So there's always that risk. But the day of the harvest, when they eventually cut, uh, yeah, harvest the crops, basically, that day, they say it is falah. Because now the risk of failure is no longer present. In other words, falah is such a success after which failure is impossible. So this is talking about success not only in this life, but the eternal success of the year after. Successful is the one who purifies it. And indeed, khaba will be a failure, will be a loser, will be a complete uh, waste for the one who dasaha chooses to instill that soul with corruption, chooses to let that soul go and just follow its base desires and just follow everything that it, you know, we use a word here, we use a word colloquially, we say lis, right? It chooses to pursue every craving, every desire, even when it is against the will and desire of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, it's against the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I should say. That is the failure. So if we don't take, if we don't rein in on our nafs, then we will find ourselves in a huge problem because then we might end up being a failure. The concept and the process of tazkiyah to nafs means that we are striving for success that is in line with what Allah wants for us. It will make us better people because it's self-development. And we will be successful not only here in this world with other people, but we will be successful in the year after. Because when you are successful in the year after, that is the success after which there is no possibility of failure. You can be the richest person in the world. You can be the most famous person. You can be the most powerful person in this dunya. It means nothing unless your success carries over to the year after. May Allah make us successful. So without a shadow of a doubt, the concept of tazkiyah to nafs or the purification of the soul is extremely important in Islam. Now, from that, we can then ask, okay, we learned what the Quran says about tazkiyah to nafs. Now we want to know what does the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ teach us? Where does this fit into Islam? That's really the question. Because I remember uh, growing up and I heard about tazkiyah to nafs for the first time and I thought, now what is this, right? We heard about the arkan of Iman. We heard about the five pillars of Islam. Uh, where does tazkiyah to nafs fit in and why have I never heard of it? Surely it, 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 it cannot be that important. And then I picked up a book and I started reading about it. So when I really got into this, you know, in terms of just learning and, and, and gaining some insight regarding this, this was one of the best explanations that I personally got from the late Mulana Abdul Hafid Maki, rahimahullah ta'ala, and a, a little bit more about him later, inshallah. He was in Cape Town and uh, he used to give this particular dars, this particular explanation of tazkiyah. So um, I chose to go with this same explanation because I think it's so apt. It fits it into the framework of Islam and we can really understand where this whole thing fits in and how important it is really. So we heard about the Hadith Jibreel, right? I'm sure many of us have either read this Hadith or we have, um, we have heard it in a lecture, but it's, it's quite a well a known hadith because it's so fundamentally important. Scholars have attributed this with, you know, delineating the framework of Islam. Because in it, Jibreel والسلام, comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the form of a man. Now, it was strange with the Sahaba because when he came into the company in Medina, no one recognized him. But he also didn't look like a traveler because he wasn't dust covered and disheveled. He looked 
clean. In fact, he is described as having very black hair, so no dust in the hair, and he's described as having uh, very white clothing. So they were a bit perplexed. Furthermore, he comes in and he goes to sit right in front of the Prophet his knees against the knees of Rasulullah and he places his hands on his thighs and he starts asking him questions and he asks him mal iman and there's different narrations some put iman first others put islam first but the hadith is authentic right it's narrated by imam muslim for example he says mal islam what is islam and then the prophet responds and he says and it is basically the five pillars of islam right we know this one it is قال, he says, uh, Islam is to make the shahada publicly. It is to pray salah, give zakah, fast in the month of Ramadan, and perform hajj once in your lifetime if you are able to. Right? That's a bit extra that I added there for the sake of our understanding. Those are the five pillars of Islam. We memorized them when we were kids, alhamdulillah. Then, then, you know, the Sahaba were really perplexed when uh, Jibreel, who they didn't know at the time was Jibreel, he then says to the Prophet Sadaqta, you have spoken the truth. So the Sahaba said, um, you know, what's happening here? He, this person, he's asking a question and then he, he responds, you know, by saying you have spoken the truth. Like, who does he think he is? You know, that's, I'm sure, what they were thinking. But the question carries on and he says, Mal uh, Iman. What is Iman? And as I told you, sometimes it's this one first, sometimes it's that one first. And then the Prophet says, Iman is to believe in Allah, His angels, His messengers, His books, to believe in the last day, and to believe in Qada and Qadr, right? The, uh, that everything, the good of it and the bad of it, is in the predestiny of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to basically summarize it. So those are what we know what we know as the six arkan of iman, the six pillars of faith. But he didn't stop there. And unfortunately, this is where we generally think things stop. Most people think, okay, that's that's the most important. But he asked more questions. He said, Mal Ihsan. And this is what I have on the slide here uh, for you. I said, Mal Ihsan. He then said, tell me about Ihsan, because this is the, the real relevant part for what we want to discuss. And then the Prophet والسلام, he told him, It is to worship Allah. And I'm going to change that word there for a moment. Uh, I prefer the word, it is to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like a servant. Because in the word ibadah, we find the root letters, the etymology, abd, ayn badal. And abd uh, is more aptly translated as a slave or a servant than it is translated as a worshipper, which means somebody who, somebody who does an act of devotion. An abd is always an abd. So it is an ta'budallaha. It is to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ka'annaka tarahu as though you see Allah. Fa'illam takun tarahu. But if you are unable to serve Allah ta'ala like that, fa'innahu yaraq, then for the very least, with certainty that Allah azza wa jal sees you. So that's ihsan. It's a very difficult term to translate. Sometimes we translate it as excellence or virtue. But the reality is, it's, it's that definition. It's exactly what the Prophet said. It's that quality of our relationship with Allah, where everything we do, we do it as though we can see Allah in front of us. You know, what would we be like had we seen Allah in front of us all the time? When we're speaking to our spouse, when we're dealing with our kids, when we're discussing among one another, how would we be? How would our behavior, how would our character be? That's ihsan. And if you are unable to do it to that level, then imagine if throughout our day, every single day, all the time, we behaved as though with certainty we believed Allah Ta'ala is watching our every move. Whether we are alone in private and in secret in the middle of the night or whether we are with others in company in the middle of a busy street. Ihsan is either the one, the high one, like we explained already, or this one, which is also high. It is to basically be convinced that Allah is watching you all the time. That's Ihsan. And this quality, 
this quality of ihsan is where this tazkiyah concept fits into. So if you look at this uh, little diagram here, you will notice that three questions, and there are other questions as well, like uh, when is the hour and then what are the signs of the hour? So that's also important, but it forms part of iman, which was already asked. So we notice that the three questions form three very, very broad topics, iman and islam and ihsan. Now, in Iman, the topic of Iman, this discussion developed over time and it became a dedicated science, a dedicated discipline in the study of Islam that we know as Tawheed or we know as Aqeedah, right? The study of Iman became known as Tawheed or Aqeedah. In that science, in that discipline, we learn everything that we need to know about who Allah Ta'ala is and everything else about the question that uh, Jibreel والسلام, asked in that hadith. By the way, after he finished, he got up and he left. And the Prophet والسلام, said to the Sahaba, go and look, you know, go and find him. And then nobody could find him. And then he asked Sayyidina Umar, do you know who that was? Sayyidina Umar said, Allah wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and his messenger know best. Then he says, this is Jibreel. Hada Jibreel atakum yu'allimakum deenakum. This is Jibreel. He came to teach you your deen. So from that, we actually see that this is a comprehensive picture of what deen is supposed to be. Islam, which was the five pillars, can be extended to all the aspects of ibadah, including how we transact, including how we earn and spend, including how we inherit, including how we get married or get divorced, etc. So that's Islam. And this obviously then furthered uh, furthered in, in, into, into study where it became known as the science of fiqh and the various aspects of the science of fiqh. So where, where did Ihsan go? Did that just disappear? No, that didn't disappear. Ihsan eventually became what we know today as Tazgiyah to Nafs. And there are other names as well, like Tasawuf. And what's the difference between Tazgiyah and Tasawuf? That's a very important discussion that we unfortunately won't have time for tonight, but don't worry, it is something that we will cover. A long story short is that Tazgiyah is the process itself, right? The process without any bells and whistles. Whereas Tasawuf is the formalization of that process. And of course, that came convoluted with many other things and became mixed with many other things. And this is why it's such a, uh, a difficult term to deal with today. Because for some people, they hear alarm bells when they hear this term. But whatever alarm bells go off for the term tasawuf shouldn't go off for the term tazgiyah because this is something that comes from the Qur'an and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam directly. And the teachings of it come from our scholars directly as well. So these are the three major topics. This is then further elaborated where I said iman is belief. Then ihsan is, developed, is, is basically divided into two, which is character and the soul itself. In other words, your relationship with other humans and your relationship with Allah. That's character and your nafs. And then Islam has to do with our deeds, which can further be looked at as our transactions. So we don't just think of ibadat, but mu'amalat as well. So that is Islam. Now, I know many of us would have heard of beliefs and transactions and deeds and, and so forth. But how many of us have given special attention in a discipline where we get a full journey from the very beginning till the very end as far as our soul and developing our soul is concerned, our, our nafs and developing that nafs, growing that potential for good and keeping those bad qualities at bay. How many of us have actually tackled that head on in a systematic way, much like we've learned fiqh and aqidah and so on? This is exactly what we're speaking about tonight, the importance of this in terms of preparing for Ramadan. Because wallahi, I haven't found a more a profound Ramadan in my life, except that it was a Ramadan involved directly with a process of tazgiyah to nafs. And that's that's the story that I really want to share before I hand over to our esteemed guest, ta'ala. how does one purify one's soul? It's not just wishful thinking, and it's not just dua, and it's not just dhikr, and it's not, you know, there's an entire discipline. It's, an, it's a genre of literature, subhanAllah. If you go to an Islamic library, an entire section will be about tazgiyah to nafs, where scholars like Imam Ghazali, Imam Nawawi, Ibn, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, even Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn al-Qayyim and other scholars, you know, many, many scholars have written about this because it's such an important discipline. We, they take us through a journey from learning about sincerity, learning about the heart, learning about the different types of hearts that you get, learning about the diseases of the heart, like anger and hatred and lying and envy and jealousy and love of dunya 
And they also teach us about the cures for those diseases, which is the best part about the sciences, where we learn how to tackle our weaknesses head on. Right? I came to learn, because of Tazkia to Nafs, that I have a, I have a tendency to, to anger very quickly. It's built into my nature. Right? Some people call it bilious nature, etc. Like Sayyidina Umar, for example, he had that tendency. But look who was Sayyidina Umar. He made Tazkia to Nafs. And that very quality became such an amazingly positive quality for him. I also hope, inshallah, that with my effort and your dua and following the process of Tazkiyah, it can become a positive quality for me that will uh, turn into something that we call confidence and something that we, we call um, you know, strength for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at least I know about my one of my weaknesses. I have many, many, many weaknesses. I'm just admitting one because <laughs> it's one I've spoken about many times. But do you know your weakness? Do you know what are your bad qualities? Do you have a plan on how to get through them and how to work through them and keep them in check? Do you know what your positive qualities are and how you can nurture them and grow them? And do you know how you can use Ramadan for this very purpose? This is what we want to speak about, inshallah. In Ramadans gone by, I spent one Ramadan in Atikaf with Malamdul Hafid Maki in Parkwood Masjid, Cape Town, South Africa, which was a phenomenal experience where he taught us all about this concept of Tazgir to Nafs. And what was beautiful about it was he's uh, sticking to the Quran and Sunnah of Rasulullah and trying to show us that no funny business, you know, no uh, questionable acts and so on. So that was quite. Uh, a profound experience for me. Another, one of my most amazing Ramadans was when I spent it with Mufti Kamaluddin Ahmad in uh, Stanger. And many of those who were there for that Ahtikaf, they would share the same sentiment that that was one of the best Ramadans of their life because of the intense program of Tazkiyah to Nafs. It was learning about Tazkiyah, so it was lecture after lecture after lecture, and then practical implementation in terms of tackling your, your weaknesses and growing your strengths head on with adhkar, with ibadat, and so on. So that there you might term as tasawwuf because it's a very formal program, there's a sheikh and so on. The concept is universal. A lot of people have a problem with that concept of having the, the sheikh or the teacher and he's explaining and so on. That's fine. It's not wajib. It's not compulsory for you to go that route. Alhamdulillah, that's great. And it's a very dangerous route to go down because there are so many pitfalls. But don't ignore the teachings because the teachings come from the Quran and they come from Rasulullah So our advice tonight is to highlight the importance of the, uh, the importance of tazkiyah to nafs now and start your journey towards Ramadan so that by the time you get to Ramadan your soul has gone through some reformation and is the most ready to accept the great gifts that Ramadan uh, has to bring for us inshallah ta'ala i have given everyone here okay i can't show the book because of the colors of the book it's going to uh, distort but I've, I've sent a link for this book, uh, Purification of the Soul. So most of you, in fact, I think all of you would have received that. If you haven't, you'll find it in the description below. You are welcome to read that book by yourself and just try to implement everything. And if that's what you choose to do, Bismillah, right? Consult scholars where you, where you, you know, are a bit confused, but go for it. It's an excellent work, right? I gave it to a family member recently and they, they just couldn't get enough of it. They read like a, a, a few lines a day, subhanAllah. Because it's by senior scholars of Islam. Um, Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziya, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, Ibn Rajab al-Hambali. These are amazing scholars and their works that I have access to in the Arabic language are profound. This is just a snip, snip bit of it in the English language. But you will benefit from that, inshallah. If you want to go through a formal class, a formal course then don't go away because I'm going to launch Isnad Academy's first official online course. It's going to be different from my other online courses because this one is going to be live. I'm going to speak a bit more about that uh, after I bring on our esteemed guest, inshallah. So to officially introduce our guest, uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels, is the Imam of Majidul Rabi for the liberation of uh, Majidul Aqsa al-Mubarak. Beautiful name for the Masjid, mashallah. He's the former president of Uqsa, also the former president of the Muslim Judicial Council. He is now the current president of the Al-Quds Foundation. The only thing missing here is president of South Africa, and hopefully that will come soon, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. And he's also the founder of uh, Darul Arqam uh, Islamic High School, which I had the privilege to be part of the fundraising events for, for quite some time, alhamdulillah. And um, yes, it, it, it's always a pleasure for me because 
when I when I think of Sheikh Ibrahim uh, Jibril, I think of a role model. I think of this is a mentor. He's he's really been an inspiration to me since when since I, I can remember. Subhanallah. And even as a student of Dean, even as a qualified student of Dean, so to speak. His character and his relationship with the Ummah has always been of, of a source of inspiration for myself. So I decided I'm going to ask Sheikh Ibrahim, who's also a, a deep lover of the, the process of Tazgiyat Nafs, to join us here this evening for a few minutes. So, Bismillah. Sheikh Ibrahim, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Kayfa halukum ya mulla irshad? Ana bi khair alhamdulillah. Kayfa fadilatukum? Alhamdulillah, we really appreciate you coming here this evening. So I don't want to take any of your time uh, more than I have already, actually. So Bismillah, uh, please give us some nasiha. Fadbal. Shukran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen wa Imamil Muttaqeen. Sayyidina wa Habibina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbi shrahli sadri. ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني فقولي Honorable and respected Mullah Irshad and honorable and dear mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and honorable youth I greet you with the universal greetings of love and peace and mercy Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Alhamdulillah we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the favors that Allah has bestowed upon us we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for again having uh, the barakah of Lila this night of the whole week and I my first reminder to all of you is to increase your salawat on our beloved Nabi Muhammad because the whole week they are malaika uh, taking your uh, salawat to Rasulullah but on a Friday night tamaf on a Laylatul Jumu'ah Thursday night and, and the Friday day the malaika not only take your salawat to Rasulullah but they present your salawat to Rasulullah and they mention your name and the name of your father, subhanAllah. So my dear ones, yes, uh, tonight we speak about the purification of the heart. And yes, it's all about preparing ourselves for the month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. Our beloved Nabi Muhammad used to say right from the beginning from Rajab, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. Oh Allah put barakah, blessings for us in the month of Rajab and in the month of Sha'ban and please grant us to be alive and to witness another month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. And so the Nabi Muhammad didn't only make dua, he also prepared himself spiritually for the month of Ramadan. He used to fast more in the month of Rajab and he used to fast even more more in the month of Sha'ban. Some of the Sahaba said that Rasulullah used to fast the whole month of Sha'ban, sometimes the whole month of Sha'ban, in preparations for the month of Ramadan. So tonight we're speaking about the purification of our hearts in preparation for the month of Ramadan and in preparations to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have noticed now with the COVID-19 that so many people around us that were healthy, they are gone. They went to meet Allah, younger than us, more healthier than us, subhanAllah. So my dear ones, the purification of the heart is so crucial. It is so important that our beloved Nabi Muhammad said to us, Allah inna fil jasati mudha, idha saluhat, salahan jasadu kullu. Please give your attention, that is the meaning of Allah. Please give your attention to me, says Rasulullah. Indeed, and certainly, in your body, each one, in each one of us, in our is a lump of flesh. If that lump of flesh is pure and good and correct and sound, and in, then the rest of the body will also be pure and good and correct and sound. In other words, all parts of your heart is purified. If the heart is correct, then all your parts of the body will also be correct. For example, your eyes, part of your body, you won't look at haram. You won't, you won't look at pornography. If you look at pornography, that means there's no, your, your, your heart is dirty. It's filthy. Because that's the other part of the hadith. The Nabi Muhammad says, 
if that lump of flesh is filthy, then the whole body will also be filthy and dirty. The tongue is part of your body because of the pureness of your heart. This tongue will all only speak good. No bad, no backbiting, no insulting people, not hurting people with your tongue. Subhanallah. So, and, and Jamaat Muslimin, we, we, we need to give more attention to this part of our lives, the purification of our hearts. We need to admit that we have neglected this important part of our journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And listen to another hadith, a very important hadith of Rasulullah Allah does not look at your outer appearances. Are you white? Are you black? Are you, uh, you know, have you got dimples? Have you got beautiful hair? Allah doesn't look at these things. What type of clothes are you wearing? And Allah doesn't look at your wealth. But Allah certainly looks at your heart, says Rasulullah. Your heart. Can you imagine? Allah's looking at your heart. And Allah's looking at your good deeds, says Rasulullah. So, my dear ones, we need to monitor and to check our hearts on a daily basis. Like people that are diabetic, they are checking, checking their sugar levels on a daily basis. Because they don't want to put themselves in danger. Now, likewise, we need to check our hearts and monitor our hearts on a daily basis. We need to fill our hearts with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, I, I always remember my sister Yasmin Mujahid. And, and she's, she's originally Egyptian, but she grew up in the United States of America. And she is my sister and all the sisters in the world and all the men in the world, they are my brothers and my sisters. So, yes, me Mujahid, she says, she says, if you go to a petrol station to fill up your car with petrol, but as you were, uh, you know, driving onto the tarmac of the petrol station, you see there's a notice, it's a special on orange juice. So, just imagine. No, you said, okay, that, that because it's a special, you're going to put orange juice in your car instead of petrol. What is going to happen? You're going to damage and destroy the engine of your car. She says, now, likewise, if you put anything else in that specific part of your heart that belongs to Allah, then you're going to damage and destroy your heart of love and love. So, my dear ones, Going back to the point of checking and monitoring our hearts, it, it, it takes me back to my students' day in Medina to Munawara. So besides studying at the University of Medina, I, I just loved to, uh, to sit in the, in the, in the halakat of, of knowledge, the, 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 the sittings and the circles of, of knowledge uh, at the feet of the ulama in Medina to Munawara in the masjid of Rasulullah. And here I heard this great story or incident that happened in the time of Rasulullah, in the masjid of Rasulullah. And that is that the, the Rasulullah was sitting with his uh, honorable and great sahaba. And so, so, so one of them came in late and, and the water was slipping from his beard of the wudu. And as he was coming on, Rasulullah said, He is of the people of the Jannah. Okay, everybody. Next day, at the same sitting, the same person came again late, and Rasulullah said again, He is of the people. And the third day, it happened again. So one of the Sahaba wanted to know what is this man doing so special that Rasulullah said he's going to Jannah. Because if Rasulullah said he's going to Jannah, he's definitely going to Jannah. I want to find out what is he doing so special. So he requested from that man to, to stay with him. And the man said, okay, you can stay with me for three days and three nights. And the first night, he was waiting whole night. He didn't sleep. He's waiting for this man to stand up and he's going to do something special. And that's why most probably he's going to Jannah. And, and the, the Sahabi just stood up about half an hour before Fajr. And then when he went for Fajr and he said to himself, oh, tomorrow night he will do that something special. Tomorrow night came, the same thing happened. The third night came and the same thing happened. And then he, he went to him and said, look, 
the reason why I, I requested from you to speak with you, uh, to be with you, to stay with you, I wanted to know what are you doing so special that Rasulullah said that you are going to, you are other people of Jannah. So he said he's not doing much except for every night before he goes to sleep. He cleans and purifies his heart of any anger for any Muslim or for any person and any jealousy and any dislike and any bad thoughts about any Muslim. Allahu Akbar. So my dear ones, maybe that is where we need to start in our preparations for the month of Ramadan. We need to clean our hearts of any, any dislike of any other Muslim. Allahu Akbar. We don't have place in our hearts to hate and to dislike any Muslim. We only have place in our hearts to love and respect each and every Muslim. Subhanallah. This is the time to clean our hearts and purify the hearts of another disease, and that is anger. And my dear ones, this is, this is a disease that we need to spend some special time on, and serious time, you know, serious time of how can we clean ourselves and purify our hearts of that disease of anger. You know, that, that, that part of our lives is so important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and explains to us the quality of the people, uh, the, the people that will go to Jannah, the muttaqeen. And we know the month of Ramadan is all about becoming of the muttaqeen. And one of the qualities of the muttaqeen, Allah says, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْضَ Are people that control the anger. So my dear ones, we need to purify our hearts of that anger. You know, next time when we are about to become angry, then think deep about Allah. And think and remember that Allah is actually looking at you. And remember the hadith of Rasulullah, the Nabi Muhammad says, Laysa shadidu bisur'a. The, the strongest person is not the, the person that can pick up another human being and keep him in the air. No, the strongest person is a person at the time of anger that he can control himself, says the Nabi Muhammad wasallam. So my dear ones, wallahi, uh, the time doesn't allow us, but my advice to you is work on this disease. Purify your heart and clean your heart. And next time when you slip up and you become angry, you can become angry with your wife or your husband or your children or anybody, then humble yourselves and say to that person, I ask you a big mouth, I was wrong. I shouldn't have burst out of anger in that way. I ask you mouth. Another disease that, that, that we need to purify our hearts from is the disease of selfishness. People, are, people that are selfish, they only worried about themselves. Only... Only I am important. I am important. Nobody else. And I, I don't worry about other people. I don't worry about the condition of humanity. I don't worry about the youth in the community. I don't worry about the, the condition of the ummah. No, that must change, my dear ones. We must have the quality of Allah explains the people of, the, of Medina. They have preferred others above themselves. SubhanAllah. And so be generous, be generous. And, and, and I just heard now recently one of our mothers, it's a lady from, from, from Syria, but she's got a lot of wisdom. She says, generous is not only be generous with, with money. No, no, generous also means, she says, and I really, I really appreciated this. Generous is also, uh, uh, if people ask you anything, you just say yes. Yes, Allah Akbar. Wallahi, we, we had recently had our treasurer, Buddha Ali, here at the Masjid. He was of that first people. If you ask him something, you would say, Sheikh, no problem, no problem. I will do it. That is also being generous. My, my dear ones, my time is over. In conclusion, I want to say, coming back to the purification of the heart, Allah is saying, Allah bi dhikrillahi. It is with the remembrance of Allah that you will find 
tranquility and peace in your hearts. And, and the greatest dhikr, the greatest form of dhikr is the Qur'an. So I want to say to you, leading up to the month of Ramadan, the month of the Qur'an, at least spend five minutes with the Qur'an on a daily basis. You will see the difference. And then all the other forms of dhikrullah, like subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha And you know, and, and, and subhanallah, bihamdulillah, subhanallah, azim. But I, I still want to say to you, one of our great ulama from Madinah to Munawwara, Sheikh Shanqiti, he says one of the best ways to prepare yourself for, 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 for great seasons, like for example Ramadan, is to do a lot istighfar. Now that is where I'm going to end. My dear ones, from today onwards until Ramadan, take your tasbih and say 200 times, 500 times, or even a thousand times, or even more, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And by doing that, you will not only prepare yourself for the month of Ramadan, but you will purify your heart. Jazakumullah khairan for listening to me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that this Ramadan is going to be the best Ramadan for all of us. And in conclusion, uh, we wish uh, the, the, the new course that will be done by our Honorable Mullah Irshad Siddiq, the purification of the soul towards preparing for Ramadan. Allah must grant that that course is going to be a great success. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant Mullah Irshad a long life to serve this ummah and humanity at large. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Much appreciated. We just want to know, Sheikh, when will we get to add that title, President of the Republic of South Africa, as well? Subhanallah. <laughs> you will be so much better off with a president such as yourself, Sheikh. Allah grant you all the khair and barakah. All the best, inshallah. Uh, we were very, very fortunate, alhamdulillah, to have uh, Sheikh Ibrahim with us this evening. Now uh, for the good news, right? So again, like I said, number one, I've shared the link to the book, The Purification of the Soul, compiled from the works of Ibn Rajab al-Hambali, Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziyya, and Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. You can find that in the description. You can read this book yourself. But please, if that's the option you're going to take, go for it. Read it and implement, inshallah. Just a page or two a day. Alternatively, there are many online lectures and discussions on the purification of the heart, purification of the soul, uh, self-development, but in the Islamic paradigm, of course. If, you, if that's the option that you want, go for it. But tonight we are launching our first official live online course details under the Isnad Academy. We have 10 sessions till the month of Ramadan, which will consist of one 60-minute live session per week on a Monday from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock, inshallah ta'ala, and that starts this Monday, the 22nd of February. Then we also have three live online question and answer sessions that, we will take, that will be taking place on Google Meet. So in other words, I want all the students who register to come and uh, gather in one spot, and we can actually have a discussion uh, among one another. And we've allocated three topics, personal struggles with self-development, couples struggles with self-development, and family struggles with self-development. Those sessions will take place on a Tuesday night on the 9th of March, the 23rd of March, and the 16th of April. Why so far apart? Because in between, we're going to be learning more content, uh, inshallah. Right, so that's the first thing. That's the live course details. We move on. What are you going to learn? So you've heard Sheikh Ibrahim and all the important issues that we need to get a grasp with as far as our purification is concerned. In this course, you will learn about the fundamentals of Tazkiyatun Nafs. As opposed to just hearing a topic now and then, a formal program, we'll use, this as our textbook, Purification of the Soul, right? We'll use that as our textbook. And we're going to be learning about the love of Allah, the love of Allah's messenger. How to recognize the diseases of the heart. And this is the very, very important step, right? Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know your strengths? Learn their causes as well as their cures. Purifying your intentions for actions. Anger management, as Sheikh Ibrahim just alluded to now. Controlling the tongue. Increasing the quality of your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with his messenger and with humanity. Taib, that's what you will learn. Now, this might be a bit small, but I'll go through them bit by bit. There will be 10 live online sessions, as I said. This includes seven hours live. And it will be on demand video afterwards. This will not be public. So this will be via private link. And we will share them with all those who register. Registration link is in the description as well. Um, we will also have all of the above. I don't think I'm even going to go through all of that. I'll just mention some of them. Certificate of completion. Um, 
you'll get the free ebook and the option to purchase the free ebook if you have it if you have it already there will be audio recordings of the lessons and you will have access to it for the rest of your life inshallah so you'll always be able to revise uh, as far as the teachings are concerned who is this course designed for i've highlighted young professionals and high school and university students i think i come across uh, as sort of i can relate to them i'm that type of uh, personality if i can call it that but others will also definitely benefit because of how this course is structured our parents couples and new muslims if that's how you want to approach the course bismillah by all means and of course there's benefit for everyone inshallah ta'ala so now is there a cost before i speak about the cost let me first say that there are free options available also the free options if you look online at muslim central there's a free a uh, course on tazkiyah to nafs on the purification of the soul absolutely free on muslim central that's a pre-recorded lesson very formally structured mashallah excellent work that's a free option for you a version of this course will be conducted by myself and adapted for the voice of the cape during the month of ramadan inshallah ta'ala so if you want that free option from myself there's that as well this online option however is going to be only 35 rand position when i told somebody about this they said wait how is that possible this is like ridiculous for the type of work that you're putting in i said look i want as many people as possible to participate and i don't want this to be about money although there are costs that i need to cover so unfortunately we have to add that there this is uh, per household not per person so one household will get a link and that entire household will be able to have that link inshallah right so 35 rand position for that household Um if you choose to do the entire course and pay up front you'll get that for 300 rand so that's 50 rand off okay and that's also for the entire household and then the one that uh, sort of like the the platinum package it's 700 rand for the entire course because along with a printed copy of the books you'll actually get a printed copy of the book as well you'll also get a private one-on-one online session where we will look at your specific journey and which of the concepts apply to you and your family the most and how you can tackle that and of course there'll be additional benefits going forward after that so this is the important thing right in every course that i've ever taught where there's a cost this is a clause that i include which says if able in other words if you really want to do this and you cannot afford 35 rand per session for these 10 sessions or the other options then there is another option there in which we will get you a sponsorship for the course and you don't even need to explain yourself to us uh, because this is not about money primarily right we want everyone to really take the journey of tazkiyah to nafs purification of the soul bi idnillah ta'ala now for the registration the formality register with the link in the description below you will see there are two links the second link is the one for the registration form or you can go to abutazkia.co.za or you can just whatsapp me for the registration link uh, inshallah and the rest of the details will be on there if you have any questions uh, now you are more than welcome to to ask those um, there was one question here that i saw about where can you attain uh, literature regarding these topics so there's the book that i made available but if that's too basic for you, you perhaps want to get something a bit more advanced you're more than welcome to uh, look online for for online uh, purchases and then there's a very good bookshop in cape town called timbuktu books in athlone and there you can find some really good topics so, sorry some really good literature on the topic um and even the works of imam ghazali has been translated as well especially the summarized form of these ihya ulumuddin but there are so many books on this the the point here is not about which book to read it's about taking a journey um this is not like a novel you don't read it and okay once upon a time and then they lived happily ever after this type of um topic tazkiyah to nafs i mean if i think about it i give one topic jumuah's uh, anger then the next week sabr then the next week those are all parts of tazkiyah to nafs but now if you never get it in a systematic fashion altogether then unfortunately it's a difficult puzzle to put together by oneself and if you read it in a book and you just read it from cover to cover and you don't actually implement uh every single lesson that you that you get through and it's not explained well enough then it's never a reality it's just something you know but not something that you've lived and experienced and that is what i want for me wallahi alazim i chose this 
first and foremost because I want to take this journey again. I want to reform myself. I want to become a better Muslim for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I thought, why not share that and allow others to come along this journey with me? So if you do want to come along with me on this journey, then please be in the ta'ala, uh, do register and you're welcome to take any of the options, including the other three options that I mentioned, like on Muslim Central, Bidnillah. Very importantly, the topic that we started off here tonight with was the purification of the soul towards preparing for the month of Ramadan. Sheikh Gabriel's already covered something. He said, what's the purpose of Ramadan? What's the objective of Ramadan? It is taqwa. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ A way you can think of the journey of Tazkiyah to Nafs is a practical methodology for how I can become of the muttaqin. So this objective aligns directly with that objective of Ramadan. Put course aside, put uh, registration aside, put all of that aside. My sincere nasiha to myself and to all of us. Life is very, very short. We've seen this over and over again. We don't know if we're going to reach Ramadan, let alone if we're going to have another Ramadan after this. Let us make the niyyah tonight that this Ramadan will be the best Ramadan of our lives. I look forward to seeing you for the rest of the course, inshallah. And for those of you who decided to wait for any other options, Bismillah, may Allah Ta'ala grant you the tawfiq and the guidance and the strength and the uh, consistency, the istiqamah to see the entire journey through. And not just once, all the time for the rest of your life because it's not like a journey that comes to an end. It comes to an end when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are successful. Barakallahu li wa lakum jazakumullahu khairan wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad Subhanallah wa bihamdi Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh